0: Let's get it. Happy football season. 40 days to the Texas football season on this Monday night as we record another edition, the yet 14th edition, an episode of the Eyes on Texas Multicast. We're coming to you live from the capital city of the great state of Texas. We're overlooking downtown Austin and the University of Texas, the 40 Acres. So 40 days on the 40 Acres. Welcome to the program. Uh, also, welcome to the show that knows the pride and tradition of the Texas football program, will never be entrusted to the timid of the week. We are a product of the Republic of Football on Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network. We're powered by Grande Equipment. I am Aaron Hogan, morning show host at The Horn here in Austin, Texas, 25 years here in the ATX. My co-host is the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, Mike Craven, but again, he's busy doing his real job. Uh, He's out on assignment covering Conference USA and... Uh, American Athletic Conference media days this week. So, you know, staying busy, which is good. We'll hear from Mike coming up in the, uh, the episode in our third quarter. Uh, it is the multicast that keeps you on top of all things Texas football and will throughout this coming football season, which promises to be a great one for the Texas Longhorns. It's available to watch weekly on the Dave Campbell's Texas Football and the Horn FM and Austin YouTube pages. It's also available for download to listen to on iTunes and Spotify. That's why we call it a multicast. And, of course, we're powered by Grande Equipment. Before we start and say thank you to our special guest in-house tonight again, let's say thank our presenting sponsors at Grande Equipment, our great friend Wes Murray, his team and Weston Murray. uh, Tremendous. They understand your reputation is all you have. When you have a project that needs done and you need heavy equipment, any size project, you go with them. It's it's all that matters. The the earning of their business is the beginning of that relationship every time Uh, they're with you all the way through. They understand you have a budget, you have a timeline. You've got to meet that. And that's why Hal Grande has operated for 31 years. They're not in the equipment business. They have the equipment you need. They're in the relationship business. Uh, You need the right piece of equipment for that project or Plenty of equipment. They're going to get what you want uh, every single time, hassle-free, job site ready, uh, because they understand it's a partnership that they're working with you on. They are tremendous. Uh, And they also have a a, a growing renewable energy sector at Grande that supports solar projects all over the country, certainly in the state of Texas as well. They have pile driver application for both new and used equipment with those uh, uh, solar farms and wind farms, what they're doing. It's the capability of renting statewide and nationally. Grande is your international independent equipment dealer. Find them simply. GrandeEquipment.com. GrandeEquipment.com. Remember, Grande doesn't overpromise. They overdeliver. Proud Texas Longhorns are ready to serve you right now. Now, let's get it going. We break the EOT into four quarters each episode. You know that by now, hopefully, into episode 14. In the third quarter, we will hear from Mike Craven. He'll weigh in on a potential uh, building difference of agreement between the Texas high school coaches and some of the top Division I coaches in the state of Texas that came out of last week's Texas high school coaches convention. Also, his assessment of the Longhorns and their coaching staff building relationships within the THSC into year three. Uh, In our fourth quarter, we'll wrap it up with our four big conversations. We call it the Final Four that are surrounding Texas football and college football as we are, again, now 40 days to the start. Actually, 37 days. Mm -hmm. No, 33 days to the start of the first college football games. It's amazing how quickly it's coming. But in quarters one and two, as Yogi Berra once said, it's deja vu all over again. A return engagement with one of uh, our favorite lifetime Longhorns now holding down the afternoon drive slot on the Horn FM here in Austin. Number one in your program, number one in your heart. He is our man, Rod Babers. Hi, Rod. I
1: appreciate you having me again, brother. Man, Always good to talk so, football.
0: Well, it was so good last week. It was so well-received, and people just love hearing you talk football, and um, you know, just getting jonesed up, right? Everyone's starting to feel it.
1: It's 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 time. I mean, you got training camp starting now in the NFL, and pretty soon, what we'll have training camp starting for Texas in about what a couple of weeks? Well, yeah, week? one
0: one week, one from week now, right? Yeah. Like next week, yeah. they'll report. They got a week off. Uh, I think the team did after their uh, July of work, and it's time. man, it's it's cranking up. And uh, before we get into our first quarter, let's just you, you know your your memories of this time of year, whether it was high school or college or pro. Oh yeah, as a player, it's over now. It's time to. <laughs> my my friend mike rosenthal who played for the minnesota vikings and the new york giants for 8 years and also notre dame said you know the way you feel in mid july right before you go to camp is the best you'll feel all year
1: yeah i agree with that <laughs> you are in great shape uh, and you know I, nothing I, I, hurts really yeah and you, and you've been playing the game so long since you know some guys have played since low league and i played obviously in like middle school high school college and pro Still around this time, I my body feels a little bit differently. I do think my body has gotten kind of, (laughs) it's got to kind of acclimated, to get ready, yeah, for (laughs) training camps and to get ready for this time of year. Uh, So I'm with you. I I remember, you know, training in the heat, man. That's a big part of it too here in Texas. I feel for all these guys, that's a whole different other, you know, obstacle you're trying to overcome is to train in the heat, Uh, and you got to figure out a way because that's part of your advantage as a Texas football player. Come on, they got to come to your house in the heat. Hey man, everybody can't play that.
0: And then you did that in high school down in South Houston. Or, yep. oh, or inter- it he make,
1: it makes cowards of us all.
0: Cow makes cowards. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nick Saban has a great speech. He tells his teams every year. It was, you know, toughness is not how strong you are, how you know, how good of a fighter you are. He says toughness is what how how much before you break. Yep. How far before you mentally break, not physically break. Yeah. Mentally break. You forgive, you where give you up. start losing focus on a play because yeah. you're hot yeah. or losing focus in a, in a play because you're tired of doing it.
1: Focus on the pain more than you yeah. do the actual game plan. <laughs> How long
0: can you go before you're broken?
1: I agree. I remember and, that mental toughness was a big part of what Mad Dog tried to instill in us. Yeah,
0: man. Uh, Rod Babers, of course, a lifetime mm-hmm. longhorn. Uh, and and with us here on the Eyes on Texas Multicast, our first quarter is always presented by the the. – don't forget the the – thetexasmortgageguy.com, <laughs> our man Carlos Carrion. He was our first – sponsor our first uh, title partner who jumped in on this our founding partner can't thank him enough we appreciate you doing it uh and being a part of what we're doing and we'll tell you about him here coming up but rod i wanted to bring you back because hey, mike Mm -hmm. was out but also we talked db's defense a lot last week Mm -hmm. so i thought for our audience here on the eyes on texas multicast we would jump into the d line and then receivers and rod b's thoughts on the o-line and running game coming up because I mean, I'm of the opinion, and we can get into this coming up in our second quarter, but I'm of the opinion if they can run the football this year consistently, they're going to be a really hard offense to stop because I think the passing game has a chance. If you're, and I want you to get into the numbers and the mathematics of, man, if you, if you have to provide extra people in the box to stop a run game, or at least think about that run game, you're in trouble as a defense, especially against the weapons they have. But let's start with the D-line. And it starts with something we talked about here in Austin this morning, Jim Nagy. Right mm-hmm. is the, the scout. He, well, he's the just the Scottie. director of the Senior Bowl. Yeah,
1: one of the scouts. Yeah,
0: he's me. one of the director of the Senior Bowl. Was a former scout. Mm-hmm. He took over the Senior Bowl from. Uh, gosh, he was the former Alabama color man. Yeah. Now working in uh, the yeah. new NFL. I mean, I know the. Yeah,
1: I know yeah. What you're talking about. I can't. Well, well so he took
0: there. over the Senior Bowl, and so the Senior Bowl is the event every January where the best college seniors that are going to the draft Mm -hmm. are invited and when i say the best they scout for that they don't just take anybody you gotta Mm -hmm. you gotta qualify for it uh they watch tape all year they watch tape Mm -hmm. at this time of year and they bring in the best of the best to compete for you know you know the the eyeballs of scouts right and every team sends their their staff to the senior bowl in alabama uh you -hmm. know a couple couple teams coaching staffs will coach it well he wrote over the weekend, I thought something pretty interesting for Texas football. He, he started a tweet that he said, Bad news for Texas football is that they lost two drafted defensive tackles in more Ojimo and Keandre Coburn. Good news for Texas, they replaced them with a pair of seniors, Alfred Collins and Travondre, Travondre Sweat, who have even higher ceilings, he wrote. He said, number 95 Collins, long, loose, five-tech with similar tools as recent senior bowl alums Taquan Graham and Charles Amenahu. Uh, he has a three-down NFL starter ability when you grade the flashes, but NFL scouts will want to see him play more consistently and more violently this year. Our staff believe Collins could make a jump into day two with a major, uh, in the draft which a, with a major senior bowl season. We did plenty of work on Tavondre Sweat last fall. He was in the mix for a senior bowl invite before opting to return for another year. He's a load uh, at the point of attack, he's heavy, two-gapper that all 32 teams will value. Uh, so let's start with that. be that, that, you played on teams that had great defensive tackles, mm-hmm. defensive lines. Casey yeah. Hampton is something you talk about a lot. Give me your assessment of Jim Nagy's tweet in relation to what Keiondre Coburn and Moro brought and what this, this group, the, the rotation for Bo Davis in the middle can be.
1: Yeah, um, I don't think Longhorn fans realized it last season. Um, but when you you say it out loud, it's sometimes it's hard to kind of fathom <laughs> as a Longhorn fan. Texas had the best and arguably the deepest interior D line outside of Georgia in the country last season. I know it sounds crazy, like that's not true, Rodby. That's not that's crazy. Like actually it was. Because on top of Byron Murphy and Travanj Sweat, who both of them talking about, you know, these guys are gonna get drafted. Kendrick Coburn and Morolajmo also end up getting drafted, and they all these guys played interior D line.
0: And last July, we wouldn't have been talking about those two guys getting drafted. They took all. a huge step forward.
1: Yes, and that they're hoping Alfred Collins takes a similar step. So when I say that uh, Texas had one of the top three best interior D, to, D lines in the country in 2022, Longhorn fans have to think about it before they can accept it. Because yeah, we don't talk about lines of scrimmage like that at Texas very often. But that is a credit to Bo Davis and the Sark and the development. Because Kendrick Coburn, we thought we had already. Figured him out. That's I mean. We always thought we knew who Kendrick Coburn snacks. was. Snacks. Exactly. Snacks. Good good player, but he is limited. He plays on early downs, the stuff to run. That's who he is. Funny and,
0: quote on Media Day.
1: Funny quote on Media Day. Good team locker room guy. Uh but you probably don't want to have him in there on passing downs. And he's a guy that's probably only going to give you so much play at a really high level, and then he's going to kind of peter out. Like that was just kind of the, the scouting report on him. And he totally flipped that narrative. Last season, he was able to get pressure on opposing quarterback. It's a guy you could he had on there on passing downs. We saw him make plays, big time plays, um, actually chasing down quarterbacks and chasing down ball carriers. So the the report on him, he kind of shattered that narrative. And the hope is that Alfred Collins does the same thing. That, Alfred Collins, uh, that we think that the, the, the Scotland Report is already written on Alfred Collins. He's got all the physical tools. He's got all the raw materials. He's got an NFL body, but he lacks the aggression. He's not violent enough. Grew up he's a not,
0: basketball player.
1: Basketball player. There you go, right? He's more exactly, right? He's one of those guys. I don't know if he's violent. I don't know if he's physical enough to be able to translate consistently at the next level. Oh, he'll play. Look at his body. <laughs> he's definitely going to play at the next level, but will he get drafted high enough? Uh, to, in my opinion, that's worthy of his physical tools, that is what that's kind Report's of about. So getting back to it last year, Texas led the country in pressures last season. I least they were second. I think some people said they were right behind Clemson last season in pressures, pro football focus numbers. And a lot of those came from the interior. When I went back and looked at the platooning of the defensive tackle position with Coburn, Ojemo, and with Tavondre Sweat, and with Byron Murphy, he'll throw in Alfred Collins and a Vernon Broughton in there too. That's a really deep group. And Kendrick Corbin hinted at this last season. He's like, man, honestly, when you look at it, I don't play that much. We don't play that much. He said, I got a scrap for every rep I get because those other guys, they're really good. And Coach is trying to make sure that everybody earns all their playing time. And he wanted to make sure that he played a lot of guys that keep guys fresh so they can put the pressure on the opposing goal line. And it really worked. Go look at the snaps they played. They, played, they evened out things between that D-line. Not one of those interior D-linemen pretty much dominated the, the reps last Starting season. Starting didn't matter. Yeah, they all got their chance to shine. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's based on matchup, whatever. Um, this season, that's going to be tougher to do because you just don't have that depth. And it's unproven depth. It's Alfred Collins, Tavonje Sweat, and Byron Murphy are going to be your front-line guys. But then it's Vernon Broughton and Alfred Collins and can those? I know you got Trill in there, too.
0: So shout Trill out to Carter, Trill. the Minnesota transfer. Yes. He, he bears mentioning because I think he's an interesting guy he is. who chose to come play for Bo Davis. Honorable mention all Big Ten last year mm-hmm. in Minnesota. And if you look at his trajectory, his 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 last year was his junior year at Minnesota. Yep. And gosh, he played nearly 400 snaps to your point of yeah, they didn't have anybody behind him. Yep, <laughs> I mean, exactly. he was playing all the time. He was playing the I time. mean, he was playing way too much probably. So there's days he's probably, times he's probably playing tired. Uh, here, he'll just get in and kind of what you're saying, keep flash.
1: You'll keep those big because boys Because I'm
0: assuming that was part of the, rec- the the recruiting transfer pitch. Hey, you're not playing 400 snaps here. But you're going to put 200 great snaps on the on the film.
1: Exactly, and that's I think that was the pitch that you got Moro and uh, Ojimo and Coburn's like, hey, those guys got recognized by the league. They didn't play the ma- uh, majority of every game. They played the snaps that were needed for the game plan, but they were so effective and they were so high level and so high energy in those reps. They ended up getting the attention of the league, and he's going to do that too. It's going to help those guys on the back end actually have more, have better film because you won't have those those, not say wasted reps, but those weak reps on film where it's like, man, he looks like he's tired. Oh, man, he got whipped on that snap probably because he's been in the game a long time. No, no, you want fresh reps on snap. And I think that helps those
0: guys when you pitch it to them. Uh, and when Jim Nagy's trying to bring him to the senior bowl and yeah, exactly. they're looking to, to get invited to the combine and all those things, absolutely. And I think that's, uh, I remember being at the Alabama game thinking that was the initial thing that jumped off the field when I'm watching it live is, man, they're killing Alabama on in the interior. Mm-hmm. They're killing them. I mean, I, you know, Texas fans remember what happened in the end zone with Devondre Sweat and the the play oh, with Bryce yeah, Young, yeah. which who you knows what that was? A terrible call by the official. I mean, they were killing them, and I think that surprised Alabama that they surprised were surprised us.
1: Well, surprised <laughs> me. It surprised all it all of us. Certainly, was
0: surprised everybody has <laughs> been watching DeAndre Coburn and those guys for all these years. Alabama was like, oh my gosh, these guys are punching us in the face right mm-hmm. in the middle of this deal. Bryce Young's trying to figure out, and obviously the plays that he made in the fourth quarter were when he escaped. Hey. And that leads hot, us to the number edges. one
1: overall pick, so. Well, he's Bryce Young.
0: But that leads you to the edges, right? And that's the concern. We talked last week when we talked about the secondary and Jalen Ford and the linebackers that the central nervous system of the defense is strong. The spine of the defense is really good. really good. Corners, you know, you feel pretty good. But, man, the edges on the defense. Baron Sorrells seems like a dude. I know. I, I, I love like Baron dude. Sorrell.
1: He proved himself last season. If he can just stay on that trajectory, he's going to be fine. And, and then
0: it tell. seems like that next spot, right, Justice Finkley, Ethan Burke, you know, is that Anthony Hill? Is Anthony Hill the linebacker, Off the freshman the from Denton, saying, "You know what? In certain situations, he's going to be our edge. He's going to be our Micah Parsons, setting that edge and just using his raw ability." What? That's a concern because he can be strong yeah. up the middle, but you give up, you get, you get pinched. Yeah, now you're in trouble,
1: and that was the big issue right in 2021, right? 2021, yeah. Sark's first year, and we're not just bringing up old stuff for the sake of it, but it was they were horrible on the edges. I, I think it was the worst edge defense in the history of Texas football. It was really bad, um, and they and give the coaches credit, they they did a good job of of fixing that issue and they remedied that issue last season. And a lot of it was DeMarviar and Overshaw. They decided to just place him out there on the edge. He was a natural edge rusher, and I know he didn't really fit the prototypical edge rusher, but he was a natural kind of pass rushing presence off the edge last season, and they liked it. And that, a lot of that I, I heard was Gary Patterson, GP, coming in with kind of common sense solutions. Like, we need an edge presence? Put that dude on the edge.
0: <laughs> Don't overthink the game. You know,
1: yeah, exactly, right? Um, just come up with some some solutions. So I I think for... Texas this season, at least they have options, right? If it's not just as Finkley, then yeah, you can put Anthony Hill out there in that role. Hopefully Ethan Burke, hopefully you can money ball that, uh, you know, that position. If Baron Sorrell ends up being dependable, you're going to have every position on that D-line with uh, basically filled with proven commodities except for that d And I think schematically, you can work your way around.
0: You got that, ten of the eleven filled. You're feeling pretty good. Yeah, so
1: I'm saying like schematically, you, you're you're strong everywhere else. You can deal with one or two weaknesses on your defense. This is when you have a lot of liabilities that you gotta you know account for. You can't account for all those. You can account for one. And I'll tell you, we don't even know if it's gonna be a weakness. We just know it's an unproven commodity yeah, at that right. DN spot. That's right. And I was actually doing the research because I've I've seen this uh this stat thrown out there about opposing teams holding calls like the opposing team and how many holding calls are called to them. And Lohan fans have been on their grassy knoll and the conspiracy theory that they're getting shafted by the big 12 because of this. Turns out I only counted two of them and uh, Oklahoma only had three uh, opponent holding calls. So those are the two fewest uh, uh, opponent holding calls in all the big tales, those two teams. But the point I want to bring up is not to go in the conspiracy theory, grassy knoll thing here, but, if you want to look at it from a, a fundamental perspective, technique perspective, maybe one of the issues for Texas converting pressures into sacks. Yep. All right. is Maybe they are getting held, but that's still no excuse then you need God to again. change the technique. The holding's not obvious, then. You need to make it a little bit more obvious based on the technique that they're using. So I don't know. I'm sure the coaches have, they have this information. I got the information. They got the information. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do about it, but let's say they are, that, you know, they are getting away with holding on Texas and it's subjective, whatever it may be. They do need to work on the, the technique and the fundamentals with the defensive alignment so that they can win their one-on-one so obviously that if they are held the refs have no choice but to call it. And so I, a big part of Sark's mission this year is to convert those pressures, top 10 this year, into sacks. Um, and I think a big part of that is who's going to be at that other defensive end. Do you have an edge rusher? Do you have a natural pass rusher? He says right now Byron Murphy and Anthony Hill are his two best pass rushers. Well, those guys need to be able to fill a lot. If you want to convert those pressures, no doubt, exactly into sacks, and I think that's that's going to be to them this year. That's going to be their conundrum. How do I convert those pressure sacks? Maybe it's coverage, more coverage. Uh, Maybe it's getting different personnel on the field. Maybe it's scheme. That's a big part of why Payam Sadat, I think, is here. They want to they want to they want to execute and utilize more confusing, exotic, different, elaborate coverages and schemes so they can confuse opposing quarterbacks. Hold on to the ball a little bit longer. Pressure
0: get home. Payam Sadat, one of the uh, three analysts, brought in with Joe D. Camillus mm-hmm. and Paul Christ, and he is one of the, uh, you know, the the four founders of the he's, he's the wa- the
1: double eagle. flex. Yeah, that, that uh, yeah. you know,
0: Back when when Dick Tomey was in yep. Arizona, it was called the uh, uh, the wild. What do they call that defense? I mean, it was Teddy Bruschi was in the middle of that oh, deal. Yes. You remember? I, yes. Yes. No, I remember. With they the they Arizona had a, Wildcats, they
1: had a nickname. I can't think of it now. I'm getting older. Oh right. man,
0: it, but, <laughs> yeah, it, it, and Sark, Sark knows that they, they're going to have to be creative with because they don't have Von Miller on their team. You know, they don't have the guy, right? Yep. Maybe that's Colin Simmons from Duncanville next year in the recruiting battle. But until you have him, you don't have him.
1: You don't have Joseph Osai was the last one I think we had.
0: You don't have Miles Garrett. You don't yeah. have Joseph Osai, Just who a was natural relentless. pass rusher yeah.
1: on the edge. Uh, the
0: and you know, so you have to kind of manufacture it. But you know, playing corner for all the time you did in, in college and pro. You told to your point about keep it simple with Gary Patterson. The DeMar, you, you just have to set the edge, you got to bubble the edge a little bit just to slow the back down, yes, to let the parser get it. What and, was that? In 2021, it was just free run, the guys were at full speed into a hole, and it's like it's the crazy. corners are still covering, they're getting blocked. It's like you got to bubble it a little bit, you yeah. can't let that happen. I think they'll be better in that regard this year, no,
1: they will. Cause I think fundamentally, with just the scheme, they have a lot more structural integrity than they did in the 2021 defense.
0: Structural integrity, great word. Um,
1: but I do think. It has to be personnel wise. Desert
0: Swarm right? was the defense.
1: Desert Swarm, well done. There. From Arizona
0: Wild, well, Desert Swarm. You know, good job. This Took whole brain off. sometimes still kicks off. in.
1: <laughs> it's like that rainbow wheel on the <laughs> Desert <laughs> Swarm there. defense. Just That's spinning. what it was. Uh, but no, you yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I wouldn't. I'm not worried about the edge. I, I on this defense. So what I'm worried about is if I was an offensive coordinator trying to attack the Texas defense. I think there are three places you're going to attack, and they're just places that are that are filled with unproven commodities for now, and that's the field corner. That's your defensive end opposite Baron Sorrell and linebacker opposite Jalen Ford. I guarantee you when you play Bama, When you go back and track everything and how they're attacking at least the first script, first 20 plays, they're going to be attacking those positions.
0: See how they handle it. Yeah, why not? And then go from there.
1: And if if you're a disaster, great. Game plan accomplished. It's executed. We just go after that weak spot and just pull at that thread to the whole damn thing unravels. And then Texas will have to adjust. And when you adjust on the fly like that, you're going to leave yourself vulnerable somewhere else
0: the chess match only Rod Babers, the uh, football theorist, brings uh, on the Afternoons on the Horn and uh, on the Longhorn Blitz podcast as well and, of course, for the last two weeks with us here. That's going to wrap up our first quarter. We'll get into the offensive side of the ball, which I'm eager to do with Rod. Our first quarter is always brought to you by the man that closes it on time and is a huge Longhorn fan. He is Carlos Carrion. I call him CC. He is the Texas Mortgage Guy, online at thetexasmortgageguy.com. You know, when it's time for a new mortgage, which, gosh, for any of us, that's a huge decision. If you've not done it before, you're doing it again, or a refi in this current climate. It's always a better to work with a, an expert in the field, that's obvious, but also a diehard Longhorn fan who, like you, watches the Eyes on Texas multicast and listens to Rod on the Horn. Uh, it, it's, you know, just, it, it makes it a light conversation, uh, makes sense, works better. Uh, and that's why I encourage you to call our buddy Carlos, because most importantly, he's an expert in the field, born and raised in Austin, Texas, knows this market. Uh, it's all, the only place he's ever lived, graduated at Edwards University like I did. And, and as he says, probably would have played baseball or gone to UT if he were a baseball player and wasn't good enough to play for Coach Garrido and the Longhorns. But he's going on 10 years in the, in the industry. He's not here to just provide you with a quote. He is your guide to help solve problems, uh, strategize for one of the most important decisions you'll make financially in your life. He's a great communicator, loves his Longhorns, loves the Eyes on Texas Multicast. Uh, he is Carlos Carrion with two R's, and just go to the website. That's the easy way. I give you his phone number, but who does that anymore? TheTexasMortgageGuy.com. The important TexasMortgageGuy.com. All right, let's get into our second quarter. That, of course, is always delivered by the Good Times and Incredible Scratch Comfort Food at Hayes City Store and Ice House, one of Rod Baber's favorite mm, places and an so absolute good. destination location in Driftwood, Texas. Uh, you like that place a little bit. I love that.
1: No, we make it when me and wifey go. It's an occasion. We go and we go for lunch and we get dinner to go. So we yeah. go there and eat lunch. <laughs> Like two hours, hang out, order as much food as we can. Always wise. Oh, and then we go. Yeah, it's, There's it's Rod.
0: Always thinking ahead, man. Uh, we're
1: gonna make it the trip worth it, man. Then we get dinner to go. I love Hay City Store, man. It's one of the great comfort food places left in Central Texas. Comfort food's a dying breed for some reason. God, it's so good too. It's so good.
0: And it's cool vibe and oh, yeah. great. Uh, see all your great old friends too. and great drinks. two. We'll tell you about them coming up. They got beers yeah. on tap. <laughs> yeah. It's just making good. me hungry, man. And today we we record on a Monday. You know every every Monday, so. We're keeping an eye on the Astros and Rangers Ghost playing ruff. baseball. I need a Ghostro's. Can you give me a Ghostro's? Ghostro's! A couple of Houston kids here. <laughs> Ghostro's. But, you know, Rangers are good, too. We love you, too, if you listen to the and watch the Eyes on Texas. Multicast, powered mm. by Grande Equipment. But we'll tell you about Hay City coming up. Oh, man. And I'm sure the game is on there because Travis Tindall, the owner, is a huge Astros fan. Okay, so uh, look, we did defense. We feel pretty good about it. Improved even more from year two to year three. Yep. Offense. Offense, Rod. You play defense, so when I say you're a football theorist, our audience knows that. Uh, you specialize in trying to figure out how to stop an offense yep. and how to think about stopping an offense. Um, I want to start with this Texas receiver core because I hear you mm-hmm. talk a lot and I've heard you talk a lot about when you became the player you became was going against Roy Williams and B.J. Johnson and Sloan Thomas and those guys every day, the steel-sharpening-steel mindset. Mm -hmm. When I think about the Texas secondary, I have to consider that they're going against X. Worthy and Isaiah Nayer and Jordan Whittington and A.D. Mitchell. That, that, that only can make them better.
1: Uh, I love that point. I love that point you just made. As a matter of fact, I, I asked X-Man um, at Big 12 Media Days. I wasn't there, but we had an interview over the phone. You know, who do you go up against in practice? Who gives you trouble, man? I know somebody has got to be frustrating you at practice, and that's a good thing because that means somebody over there on the other side Figuring is you playing out at a really bit. high level. Um, and he gave props to Jay Barron. He said, I don't face today as much as I'd like to because he's in the slot and I'm on, I'm on the outside a lot of times. But he said, it, you know, Terrence Brooks. I love the way Terrence Brooks is working, man. He says he's a freak. I was like, X-Men don't give a lot of compliments. I asked him who the fastest guy on the team was. And I said, I said, I told him, I said, name somebody on the team faster than you. He said, I can't. Me? Uh, it's just me. <laughs> me. So he doesn't give off a lot of compliments. Man, I don't like to do that. Um, but he, I think he likes these DBs, man. He gave a, a compliment to Jade Barron and to Terrence Brooks. What I'll say about these wide receivers that I like, about this specific group, man, I don't know if there's a, there's a hole in the wide receiving room. Right? I, they got somebody I think that can be really good at almost every aspect of it. Remember last year, they missed their deep threat. They lost Isaiah Nayor, and I was like, damn, we lost Isaiah Nayor, and look at what happened to the offense, right? I, Xavier Worthy was essentially typecast into being the deep threat and the feature wide receiver. Way too much of a burden on X-Man. He can be the deep threat, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't typecast and pigeonhole him into that. He can do a lot of different things. And I think for Sark, who loves his deep ball, we know this, right? He's obsessed with the deep ball. And he even told us, I don't give a damn if it ain't working. I'm going to keep throwing it. He told us that. He said, it's essential to my offense. And it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's more of a psychological, uh, to me, as almost a psychological element for Sark. He's trying to do psychological damage on the defense. As a DB, the, the thing I feared more than anything, anything, was giving up a deep ball. It is the one thing that will get me benched. It's the one thing that will get me cussed out by Coach Akina and, and Bull Reese. So get, get him on the phone. But baby's on the damn phone? And, give me, and get Casey Hampton looking at me crazy. Uh, and dis, Casey Hampton disappointed in you. Trust me. It's a look you do not want. Right. Right? Big and case. Yes, right. And then Corey Redden coming over to give you a talking to. Like the only thing that, that, would, that would happen is if I get with the D ball, the cheap one, the easy one. If I I make them march down the field, I give up plays. Everybody gives up plays. Just don't give up that deep ball. And I think Sark, when he's trying to do it early on, and sometimes he's chasing it because he doesn't actually complete it, I think he's doing it because he wants to inflict psychological damage on defense. And he's right. I would be the first one to say he's right about that. It will do psychological damage if you complete it. Now, even when you don't complete it, I may it's it's a seed of doubt in my head, a seed of fear, but it still doesn't do the damage you need to your opponent when you don't complete it. When you don't complete, I think it's there's more damage inflicted on yourself. More self. Now more. it's
0: second and ten or not
1: exactly now you're behind the chains, that kind of thing. But what, so I think last year for Sark, it really did his offense. I really I think it did it a disservice, a huge disservice when Isaiah Nayor went down. Now he's got he's got like three guys that can be the deep threat. He got Naeur back, but you also can put Jante Cook, Young Buck in there Just say, man, just run go routes for me. You can put him in that role. Let's see, Dungeon Moore, Moore. From I say, yeah, California, put speed. him in that role too. He's another guy that can just be a speed. AD Mitchell can play that role if you want him to do that. You got your screen guy with Jay Witt. I look Jay Witt. Jay Witt has to be the most upset guy in that receiving room right now from last season. Get in the ball. You you throw it to a one handed guy instead of throwing it to a finally fully healthy Jay Witt? Like, come on, guys.
0: Who's like a running back when he catches it? Oh, he is. That's exactly what he is. He's
1: deadly once the ball's in his hands in those screen games. We started against TCU, one of the best defenses in. In college football, they couldn't stop the guy on the screen pass late in the game. So what I, what I love about the receiving room is that it's very diverse. They got a lot of different types of skill set in there. So I don't think the, the passing game, of course, we consider JT Sanders a part of that receiving core. Uh, they won't be lacking this year like they were last year. They were lacking some things last year, and that's why Sark went out and upgraded. Well, got I think AD we
0: knew sure. that. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll give this to Jay Witt. Like, Jay okay. Witt says he's you know admittedly down 16, 18 pounds. Yep. He's slimmed down. He wants to be more you know, quick and decisive instead of trying to be muscle bound. Uh, so I think he's a little, little mm-hmm. flashier. And then yeah, the additions of Isaiah Nair, a healthy Isaiah of Isaiah Nair, a healthy AD Mitchell, and then DeAndre Moore and Jonte Cook, who are just freaks, young bucks, young bucks. Uh, that is, that's a lot of weaponry. I don't disagree at all. That last year, when you think about. When, it, when, when Nair went down, X-Man was forced to be the the uh, the Swiss Army knife instead of just being what he is. Yep. And, you know, Casey Kane never really emerged. He never really had a third guy that became the guy. Jordan was frustrated. And I think, the, I think frustration would be the whole word for the passing game totally last agree. year with even Sark. And Sark so uh, said it. And said, yeah, we got to get that right. Well, that's why I go back to what I said at the, the top of the show. And, and I want to get your analysis to this. Because if they can run the ball, I have no doubt they're going to be – a prolific scoring offense this year but they got to be able to run the ball cuz if I'm a defensive mm-hmm. coordinator I'm thinking about stopping that run first cuz I got no Bijan, I got no Roshan who is this Brooks guy who is this you know I, I got to overpower this group and stop their run if I do that the game's in Quinn Ewer's hands and I make him have to decide some things in obvious passing situations how do you see them develop their run game Paul Chris has come in from Wisconsin as an was analyst important. how do you develop this run game when you don't have just the immense talent of Bijan and Roshan and guys that are just going to get you yards?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, part of it will be scheme. And that's why you brought Paul Christian, right? The truth is we saw what this offense looks like without Bijan and Rojo in the bowl game. And it that no running run game, game was it was a lackluster running game. Would you average you know less than or close to three yards per carry? It just did,
0: that was not a great Washington defense.
1: It, not it, the, D, the D line actually is pretty good. Yeah, the D line's actually not bad. Uh, but in terms of creativity and innovation. Um, I think we were all a little disappointed that Sark didn't bring more of that because we know he has that into the game plan. So I think he was a little hubris on his part. He was like, ah, we can run the same plays that we ran with Bijan and Rojo without them. And it's like, no, you cannot.
2: <laughs> no, you <laughs> you cannot. need
1: a totally different <laughs> running game. And that's why he went out and got Paul Christ. because uh, he wants a different run game. And also, I do believe in on top of the scheme, um, the belief is that one of those backs will just step up. And I think the belief is Jonathan Brooks will be that guy. And if he if he's not that guy, uh, I am a little concerned about the running
0: Early game. Early in the year, for sure. Yeah,
1: because the only thing else that can save the running game to me, if you don't get that immense leap by the personnel and Sarks not in his bag creatively, which I think will happen most of the time, but he'll go up against you know some good DCS. Uh, will be the O line. That O line is loaded. You brought back every starter from last season. The only senior on that that then in too deep is Christian Jones. The, the guys behind you are actually have a higher ceiling than the guys who are starting. So, to me, that should be the big, that, should be, that should make up for the loss. Not make up for it. It's not going to make up for it. It should somewhat be able to compensate for the losses of Bijan and Rojo where your running game shouldn't fall off a cliff. If it does, you can still use your passing game as an extension of the running game. We just got back to talking about Jay Witt. And you can go short, quick game passes. And essentially, if you don't have your running game working, that can become the running game.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's exactly right, and I think that's the important part of that is uh, uh, the the offensive line. And Paul Christ at, at Wisconsin churning out O-linemen. Yep. Kyle Flood is becoming pretty well known for churning out offensive linemen and big humans that can play the position. That should be the biggest level of improvement on mm-hmm. this team, maybe across the board. It maybe is. across the board is that O-line, yep. just because they are so talented. Kelvin Banks is a prodigy. Uh, Gosh, even Cole Hudson played really well last year. D.J. Campbell's a freak. They're loaded, man. I mean, they're really loaded. And getting Christian Robinson uh, Robinson back at the right tackle spot is like, okay, well, that guy. Oh, Christian Jones. Christian Jones, I should say. I said Robinson. Christian Jones. But that guy improved a lot last year. <laughs> he, he might have
1: been one. He might have made the biggest leap on the O line of any of the players. and That includes Kelvin Banks. Who yeah, was, man, played like an all American. And he always, he's
0: always looked the part. It's kind of like Kyandrick Coburn and these other guys. He kind of finally he went from looking the part to playing the part. Yeah. And that's that goes to development. That goes to coaching, which is what you love. So I'll finish with this, Rod, because we're going to wrap up our second quarter, and this is great stuff. I mean, because I, I know one of the things I love about the Eyes on Texas multicast and your Longhorn Blitz podcast, you go deeper than talk about Quinn Ewers and quarterback. We all know. Quinn yep. years has to have a good year yeah. for Texas to be good, but you know what goes around. What are the elements that creates an opportunity for Quinn to be really good this year? Run game, those receivers, and then I think if if it adds up the way you just said and we've talked about, Javion Sanders should be unguardable. Oh, so give me the, like the mathematical equation on mm. a defense if you have these weapons, wow. if you are able to run the football <laughs> with C.J. Baxter and Jonathan Brooks, what do you do with number zero?
1: There, yeah, exactly. Right, I'm with you. I totally agree. I he's my favorite weapon right now on this offense, and I think you should. I know people don't like it, and some people like. I think you should. You should run the passing game through J T. Sanders rather than X Man. X Man's still going to get his yeah, yeah. his targets, but think of all the matchup advantages you have with J T. Sanders. You think a safety's going to cover that guy? Nope. Most people don't have safety. It's too damn best big. Best hands on the team. Best hands on the team. So if a safety wants to cover him, I'll, put him, I'll give them tight end screens in, see if they can tackle him in the open field. Um, unless they want to put their nickel back on him, great. That means Jay Witt's got your fourth best cover guy on him. We can go there all day. He's going to create so many matchup nightmares for defense. If you put a linebacker on him, go with God. <laughs> right? If you want to do that, then you're just a terrible DC in the first place. Um, so if I was Sark, I would run it through. I've, I've said this before. If, if J.T. Sanders doesn't leave Texas this season as the most prolific, statistically you know, prolific tight end in Texas football history, uh, something happened, something went wrong. Because he's already right there. He's already close to all the records. Michael Finley and
0: he's, David he, Thomas. He
1: should be, honestly, he should be Sarks. He should be the most prolific tight end that Sarks ever coached, and he also should be the most prolific tight end statistically that Texas football has ever had by the end of this season. He
0: and, should. And if he is, and you're, you're completely 100% about that, if he is, it's credit to him because he's a five-star kid that yep. you could have said, I don't want to play tight end. What are you talking about tight end? I'm going to be a, you know, whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. Pass rusher or oh, yeah. well, receiver. Everybody wants to play you, pass you, you know, rusher. I'm going to transfer yeah. out here. You guys want me to play tight end. He was willing to redshirt, yep. learn it from Jeff Banks, and now maybe thrive in it and become a guy that, you know, Brock Bauer is a kid at George's who's everybody to be talking about. He could be, he could be 1A in that conversation. Oh, there's no doubt. And you watch what happening, what, what's happening in the NFL with the Travis Kelsey era and George Kittle. I mean, he, he slots right into that conversation, big picture, on Sundays.
1: Yeah. I'll just give you the stats real quick about how close he is of all these records. He's got, he had 54 receptions. That was the most by a tight end in a single season in program history. I already did that. Uh, His 613 yards receiving, second all-time in a single season. (laughs) So the most receiving yards in a single season by a tight end, 637. Yeah, 613 last year. So he should be able to get that this year. Most receiving yards in a game by a tight end, 149. Honestly, I think he can probably get that next season, too. If you gonna look at most receiving yards in a career by a tight end, thirteen sixty seven. Dude, he had 600 last year. He just needs to have that same thing, and he'll, he'll go over that. So, statistically, he should leave as the most prolific tight end in Texas football history, and I think schematically it makes sense because everybody's going to double X, man. You have to. That only makes sense. You, it, that's why Travis Kelsey is so lethal. You can only double tight ends a certain way schematically because you can't put all your corners and your DBs inside. And when they move those guys around, I'll give you a nice little tidbit before we get out of here. You know the player, the skill position player in the country that moves around more than any other player in the Power Five? Nope. J.T. Sanders. Yeah. More motions and shifts than any other player. And you watch him, go, it makes sense, because he's probably going to move every play. They probably move him around a little bit. Watch who else does that in the NFL who's moving around a lot. Travis Kelsey.
0: Travis Kelsey. Because it tells what, what the coverage might be. Yeah, exactly. Mahomes, Mahomes can read what's happening in <laughs> Exactly. Around
1: and you can't adjust to what he do. Move all your safeties and your corners every time he moves? No. So that means he's probably going to be matched up on a linebacker. Because if I put him in the backfield, coverages have different responsibilities based on where you're lined up. Yeah. So that's why Shannon would always line Debo in the backfield because that idiot defense says, anybody in the backfield is covered by a linebacker. Well, okay, idiot
2: defense. Matchup.
1: I'll, <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll put Debo back there and your idiot linebacker's got to go cover him. Same thing applies. You put JT Sanders in the backfield as opposed or putting him on the line of scrimmage as an inline tight end. And then the defense automatically says, well, linebacker's job now, not DB's. And you go, okay. Then run him on a route right out of there,
0: matchup advantage. You can just move him around the chessboard, man. I know. It's unbelievable. And that's right because, I mean, fantasy football owners, other teams know – how do we keep letting Travis Kelsey get wide open in the red zone? Exactly. Well, put,
1: put your best corner on him, and then then you screw up the structural and integrity of your defense. You right. got nothing. Right. Just,
0: That's what uh, we work on all year long, and yep. now we can't stick to it. Last thing, Roddick, I mean, I just said that, but I now I, you just picked my – If you're ahead, the defensive coordinator facing Texas, we're 40 days from the first game. Yep. What's your game plan? Oh, this is easy. No, go ahead.
1: <laughs> this is easy. I love that. Longer fans ain't going to like it, but it's easy. you three high, baby. Three high defense. Three high, three down.
0: Until Sark can beat it. <laughs>
1: Here's my little nugget for you. In the two years Tark has been here, his offense is averaging nine points fewer per game versus any team that majors in the over 3 half three down. Go three high, three down, baby. The reason, systematically, why he can't figure it out is because he runs an RPO-based scheme. Well, the three high, three down distorts your pre-snap read. It, it's You know what I mean? It's never the same. So, uh, RPO, you're just counting the bodies in the box. If you got, if you have a matchup advantage, sorry, you have the numbers advantage in the box, then you're going to run the ball because we have more numbers in the box than they do. If you don't have the numbers uh, in the box, right, you don't have the numbers in the box. Oh, sorry. If you do have numbers in the box, you got no net. You run it. If you don't have numbers in the box, then you can throw it. That's what they're talking about because they they out they if they stuff the box that means you have the advantage on the outside football rudimentary at its core if you don't have the numbers advantage inside you got it outside if you don't have the numbers advantage outside you got it inside that's what happened to tcu in texas last year sark kept trying to run the ball against that brick wall of tcu they ran three out three down but they kept stuff in the box right against Bijan makes sense and sark finally figured out second half what to do I don't have the numbers advantage inside, so where's my numbers advantage?
0: Quick, quick out it's the It's on the Jewish. outside. Quick that out means the we got
1: the numbers advantage out there. You, you can't have the numbers advantage everywhere. You, you, if they have it one side, then you got it elsewhere. So with the RPO game with Sark, that three high three down, it distorts that pre snap read for for the quarterback. So the quarterback may decide oh, man, we got the numbers advantage in the box. So, oh, numbers advantage in the box, I'm going to hand it off, and you actually don't have the numbers advantage in the box, that kind of thing.
0: Well, there it is. From yeah. Rod Babers, man, great to see you, and uh, look forward to more of this. We're 40 days out. It's counting down fast. But uh, Longhorn Blitz podcast, also available wherever you get podcasts, in addition to this one. Uh, it's great stuff with he and Jeff Howe and Matt Butler. Also, afternoons on hornfm.com, and there are some changes coming to that radio station in the near future yeah. that we'll be telling you about. We'll figure But, it out. Uh, Rod, thanks so much, my friend.
1: Anytime, bro. that's fun.
0: Awesome. Appreciate our man Rod Babers. And as he told you, loves Hay City Store. He and his wife go out there and they order lunch and dinner. That's a very smart way to do it. As you can hear from Rod, he's got a strategy every time. Hay City Store, open for business, ready to serve you and your family and your huge group, birthday parties, anniversaries, or just, man, we need some great scratch Texas comfort food. Open every day, offering you sitting on their beautiful patio. Uh, under the canopy of oak trees out there in driftwood texas or the outdoor sports bar i know it's been hot as heck but they've got fans and misters and they do a heck of a job of keeping it cool it's really still very comfortable with the games on like the astros and rangers tonight hayes city store nice house quickly becoming famous for their scratch texas comfort food wood fired pizzas house ground burgers truck stop enchiladas the best and biggest chicken fried steak you'll find but it's you know it's the kind you want it's not that it's big but man it gets slices real smooth and easy 53 beers, over 53 beers on tap in a full bar. 89-89 FM, 150 in Driftwood, Texas. Hayes City Store and Ice House, right there at the point between Dripping Springs, Wimberley, Kyle, Buda. Uh, it's right there. It's tremendous. Uh, make it a destination for you. Also, live music, six nights a week, and it's really, really good stuff. They had Suede, the great cover band out there, Broken Arrow, many more. Check their calendar. Check their website. HayesCityStoreTX.com. That's HayesCityStoreTX.com. They bring you the second quarter, and help partner with us on our Eyes on Texas Multicast. Travis and Tamara Tyndall, also, real quick, mention uh, in downtown Buda, they have a great new restaurant called Taste on Main. That's Taste on Main. Uh, great stuff. You love steaks and oysters and the raw bar and a little higher-end flair right in a beautiful environment in downtown historic Main Street in Buda, Texas. Check out Taste on Main. All right, time for halftime. Uh, our, our halftime sponsor all year long, and as we told you during football season, we'll have a special guest, uh, usually on Zoom. Every halftime is going to be a lifetime Longhorn, catching up with Longhorns where they are now in the NFL or in uh, a new career. That'll be fun. It's going to be brought to you by Source Gas, your one-stop shop in Central Texas for all gas products. And in our halftime segment, this time around, more from our deep dive conversation. We played some of this last week on our halftime conversation, and it was with Steve Sarkeesian at Coach's School. It was held in the month of July down there in Houston at George R. Brown Convention Center. Uh, And in this conversation, Coach Sark with the high school coaches over 12,000 on hand, shared his thoughts on the new director of his high school relations. That's Jamal Fenner comes in from LBJ high school right here in Austin, Texas Uh, comes in to take over for Chris Gilbert, who moved on to work at North Texas, North Texas university in a full-time gig coaching. Uh, But they bring in Jamal Fenner, the former LBJ Jaguars head coach. He was asked by the high school coaches, how Jamal is doing.
3: It's been huge. Um, You know, uh, I'm about opportunity and the fact that uh, Chris Gilbert was able to come on board and get a full-time position job at North Texas and then you hire Jamal Fenner who probably in a year or two will be in the same boat and, and then that that creates that opportunity for the next guy that you know we're we're about promoting success for people and I think along the way, our players forge great relationships with those guys. Um, the high school coaches in the state of Texas know that, hey, we're hiring good people. And if they want to come around, they want to be around the program, come to practice, sit in meetings, whatever that looks like. They've got a great conduit to, to make that happen. Um, you know, but ultimately, like that connection and then the growth out of the position is I think why those guys took these jobs and, you know, if I can be, if I can be a springboard for them, that, that, that's a, that's a huge, you know, deal for us. And the fact that man, if we can keep bringing people in great people, good people, people that are respected in the, in the high school ranks that then they can go on and do more. Well, that's good for them. That's good for us. That's good for our players because ultimately everybody wins.
0: Also in halftime, brought to you by One Source Gas. Let's hear Coach Sark's thoughts on last week's controversy, as we would call it, that he is in disagreement with SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey on the idea of no early signing period. Greg Sankey, the Commissioner of the SEC, brought up a great point uh, at SEC Media Days last week about, hey, you know, when you, I hope everybody realizes, you know, there's an early signing window that's right before Christmas every December. Now this year it'll be December 21st to 23rd. It's a 72-hour window. First time. High school athletes can sign their letters of intent, commit to their schools. And Greg Sankey brought up a, a very strong point that coaches are already having a hard time dealing with all of the stresses of December, staff changes, portal, getting ready for a bowl game. Uh, he, Greg Sankey brought up the good point that, well, starting next year, not this year, but the next year, there will be a 12-team playoff where coaches and have to deal with getting ready for a playoff game uh, and important games in the month of December to, to – while recruiting and trying to close the deal, uh, to which Steve Sarkeesian had thoughts and was in disagreement. he started this with a a note that i don 't want to get fined on this and, and in the conference yet till next year, but I want to tread lightly, but Sark gave his opinion
3: i don 't want to fine from the SEC before I 'm in the conference, okay John, quote me um, i don't i don't know if that's the best avenue. the reason being is The student athlete and the high schools are are way too equipped to graduate high school early and to be at college in January. So when you start to think about the majority of your class enrolling in January but not ever having a signing period, that's concerning to me. That was the reason we went to the early signing period. So do I think there's probably a happy medium in there? Yes. Uh, But the fact of not to have one at all, uh, that's a little concerning because I just hate to feel for a kid and his family going through the month of December, no signing period. I'm supposed to go to school A, but I don't sign. And where to when and how do I get to celebrate that? That's a little concerning. So no disrespect to Mr. Sankey. That's just how we feel here, uh, and you know, we'll navigate our, our way through it, I'm sure.
0: And I think those two conversations are, are a great conversation here in Halftime uh, because Sark's right, Sankey's right, they're both right, uh, neither are wrong. Uh, what is the happy medium? And that's what Sark said there at the end of that cut at one point. Uh, you know, what is the happy medium? You can't not have it because as Sark said, you got half your class showing up in January who haven't signed their letters of intent, and they under with, there's no December signing window. They wouldn't be able to sign until February, uh, and they're already on campus, going to school, going to practice. That doesn't seem right. Uh, there are those who have advised or said, what if you did it in August ahead of the high school football season? Uh, if you want to declare you're done with recruiting, you want to enjoy your senior season without the hassle of it, sign in August. That would accomplish Sark's mission and Greg Sankey's. Maybe that's an answer, but I also know there are question marks there, too. What if a player who signs gets hurt during his senior season? Are they going to honor the contract? Uh, Who knows? Are there any number? There isn't a perfect solution, but I think the Greg Sankey opinion and the Steve Sarkeesian cut we just heard would tell you that there is an issue and it it needs to be solved. They need to find that happy medium and find the best-case scenario. All right, that's going to do it for halftime. That's our one-source gas Uh, halftime report. It is, uh, the, the, your Texas compressed gas leader, one source gas, my buddy, Richard Strever. He truly is a neighbor of mine. He's a friend. He loves UT football. They provide compressed gases for such as CO2, nitrogen, oxygen, propane, and many more to various industries, maybe for yours and your local business. Uh, they're your spot. If they're not, you should consider them. They are locally owned. They're operated. They have been for a dozen years. They understand that exceptional customer service is the key when it comes to providing products to help run your business without your CO2 gas at your bar. We about Hay City Store a little bit ago where Richard provides the gas. Uh, you can't run the operation. You can't do your thing. Your, your taps don't work, all those things. So If you're a bar or restaurant owner, dental office, veterinary clinic, and you have a business that has compressed gas, gas needs on a daily and weekly basis, looking for a new CO2 or compressed gas provider, you can visit their website at onesourcegasatx.com. That's onesourcegasatx.com, or call Richard, 512-214-8484. That's 214-8484. One of their staff members or Richard himself will be glad to help you with your compressed Gas needs. All right, time to play our uh, our third quarter. Third quarter as we roll forward and our eyes on Texas Multicast. Brought to you and powered by Grande Equipment. Our third quarter is brought to you by our friend Dr. Greg Eckert and his partner partners at Brain Vault Technology. It's time to play hard but play safe. That's exactly what it's about. So adults and kids can play hard but also play it safe in the sport of football or in contact sports of any kind lacrosse soccer uh the brain vault technology i'm going to tell you about coming up is essential but in quarter three let's get some thoughts from my co-host normally mike craven i promise you here on eyes on texas multi-castle we'll back next week he has been covering Ameri- american athletic conference media days big 12 conference media days conference usa media days texas coaches school and the high school clinic so safe to say is the senior writer at dave campbell's texas football he's quite busy Uh, But that'll wrap up here coming up when the talking season is over as we talk it, and he'll be back with us. But I did have a chance to talk to Mike earlier today and wanted to bring you some of his thoughts because he's been traveling the state, talking to the who's who, talking to people that matter. And that's what we're all about here on the Eyes on Texas Multicast, staying on top of important issues and topics that you care about. So in quarter three, let's get some thoughts from Mike. He went from, as we said, from Big 12 Football Media Days. He is up in Arlington this week for, or in the Metroplex for Conference USA Media Days. And I spoke with him earlier today, asked him about the brewing controversy between that maybe you probably don't know about, but between D1 coaches like Steve Sarkeesian, Jimbo Fisher, uh, and others, maybe even – Uh, Sonny Dykes at TCU in the state of Texas and the Texas high school coaches that simmered over a little bit last week at coaches school. Here's Mike's thoughts from uh, what he observed and heard when he was down in Houston last week.
4: I I think it's an interesting time and and modern recruiting with the transfer portal, with NIL, with how many states recruit inside of Texas so well these days. I know that's always been true, but it feels even more true uh, after A&M went to the SEC. That's really allowed Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU – uh, to get into the state in the way that it, that it wasn't before, and so I, I see both sides of the argument. I think the THSDA you know, looks at Jimbo, looks at Sark, and goes, "Hey, y'all are our two flagship, you know, universities. We want you to be here more. We want you to to carry this flag. We want you to do the straight line recruiting and not go through the trainers or you know the agents and, and use the high school head coaches." You know, and then I think Sark and Jimbo's argument back would be like, yeah, but, you know, Georgia comes in here and recruits. Y'all got Matt Rule, you know, giving speeches. Shane Beamer came uh, and gave a speech. Uh, Mac Brown came and gave a speech. And so, uh, you know, I I think there's a little bit of a a push back by Jimbo and Sark and some of the other coaches of like, hey, you know, y'all let other states or other schools from out of state come and recruit. We got to go out of state and recruit. Uh, And 2023 isn't, you know, 1995 anymore where the high school coaches don't have as much power in the recruiting as they used to. So it's kind of a changing landscape. You know, the high school coaches are also worried about a a potential one-time transfer rule coming into the high school state, you know, like the way that Florida is. And, you know, Dana Holgerson gave an answer about how they don't really even recruit Florida anymore because by the time a kid – uh graduates in florida he's gone to three different high schools and if he's gone to three different high schools he's going probably going to go to three different colleges and so it, it was a pretty interesting uh place to be over the weekend just because there's so much movement going on in recruiting and college football that nobody quite has a handle on where this thing is going and so it's a room full of ten thousand coaches kind of talking ball but also talking the future of football and they're not sure exactly where it's going
0: so there you go, uh, Mike Craven. You know Matt Rule. These coaches coming in from out of state. Mack Brown uh, coming in, and you, you want us to not recruit outside of the state. You want us to be Texas only, and you're bringing in other coaches. Interesting. I like that uh, conversation that, that Mike Craven brought up. I also asked Mike about the weird situation with Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher, who simply on the Sunday where they held the coaches' school panel for D1 coaches, the Jimbo Fisher didn't show up. Didn't show up. They coach. They didn't know. We didn't know until like an hour before the Jimbo wasn't coming. Uh, SEC media day started the next day on a Monday. Here is Mike's thoughts on uh, why Jimbo said, "You know what? I'm not going."
4: You know, I think for Jimbo, and I I don't I don't know this for a fact. I just don't think he wanted to come. You know, <laughs> I, I think I think you know if I was owed seventy something million dollars, I probably wouldn't do a lot of things I didn't want to do either. Um, and, and and honestly, this is another this is another conversation I was having at coaching school, and I don't know. If everybody enjoys me having it, you know, but why does Jimbo Fisher need to go? Like, you'd rather him go. You'd like him to go. uh, But it's not like he's hurting to get recruits. And it's not like he's hurting to get recruits within the state of Texas. And so, you know, if guys in the state, if the best players in the state of Texas are going to continue to go to A&M, whether Jimbo Fisher plays nice with all the coaches or not. You know, I think to him, it, it doesn't seem to be all that of a necessary thing. I don't think he wanted to answer a bunch of questions. There's some, there's some media stuff that's involved in, w- with this, right? Like Sark did a 20 minute sit down with the media. He even came and did a 10 or 15 minute, you know, one on one sit down with us uh, in a different room with Dave Campbell. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I just think Jimbo is one of those guys. You know, you know, I've been frank about this. Jimbo is the only coach in the state that didn't do a one on one with us for the magazine. You know, usually we go around in April and May and go to all the schools and sit down with all the coaches for the magazine stuff. He didn't do that either. And so I just think he's, you know, I think his argument would be like, he's worried about ball and he's not, you know, they went five and seven last year. And he's just going to focus on, on Texas A&M. But I think the real answer is he's owed a lot of money. It's all guaranteed everybody's not that happy with him right now. All the questions are about Petrino and, and the losing and the buyout and the firing. And so he's gone, look, I'm not going to do anything. I don't have to do.
0: There you go. Jimbo makes a lot of money. Doesn't need to show up and answer your questions. That's such as simple as it can be. Mike Craven bringing that uh, really strong stuff as usual from Craven. That's outstanding from the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas. Well, last thing I asked Mike about from his uh, visit down with the 12,000 or so Texas high school football coaches was Steve Sarkeesian. And going into year three, where is his relationship with the Texas high school coaches? We know Tom Herman, the previous coach, did not have a great relationship by the end with the Texas high school coaches. Charlie Strong, tepid at best with the Texas high school coaches for whatever the reasons. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, his building relationships and not just him, but his entire coaching staff who hits the recruiting streets throughout
4: the state of Texas. I think it's been a positive. I think it's in a positive place, especially with Texas. You know, I don't know if Sark is the best friends of a bunch of coaches or if he's a guy that comes in, he's not a Joey McGuire, right? He's not a Jeff Trailer. He doesn't have that type of personality. He, he's about the football. He's about the football team. He's pretty, you know, pretty uh, computeristic in that way, right? Like he's, he's, he's just about that. But I think he's put together a staff that does a really good job with a lot of the high school coaches and has built a lot of really good uh, relationships. Especially, He's knocked the high school relations hire out of the park two times in a row with Chris Gilbert and now, you know, with Coach Finner, and so he surrounded himself with, I think, guys that can do well with the relationship building within those high school ranks uh, that that maybe he doesn't, as the head coach, do do as often. All
0: right, there's Mike Craven. Uh, you know, maybe Sark not quite there yet, but getting there, and really, he's a relationship builder. But the assistant coach is doing a great job in the great state. That's why you're seeing the great recruiting in South Dallas. Houston is growing, uh, getting in there with some of the best players in the state of Texas. It's such a fertile recruiting ground. There's Mike Craven bringing you our third quarter. And our third quarter is brought to you by BrainVault. Uh, this is really, folks, a revolutionary technology. If your youngster plays football, uh, lacrosse, soccer, a contact sport, you need to go to BrainVault.com. It's more than just a mouth guard. We think, E, what's BrainVault? It's a mouth guard that you wear when you're playing your sports. But Brain Vault optimally aligns the lower jaw in a position that strengthens the neck muscles to minimize minimize concussive forces. You know This is important. Uh, my friend Dr. Greg Eckert and his team have spent years and years developing this. His partner is a 30-year agent in the NFL. Uh, Drew Pittman and Drew, Drew's clients in the NFL wear the Brain Vault technology when they're playing football games on Sundays. Again, it aligns the lower jaw correctly so that the head and neck can deal with maximum force during contact of a tackle or a head-to-head collision of any kind. Clenching the jaw in in the optimal position allows for maximal forces produced by the muscles in the neck to prevent the head injury. And it's pretty incredible. Drew Pittman, the agent of 30 years, his his clients who have worn the Brain Vault technology in NFL games have reported zero concussions in the time that they've been testing this, and it's time for your youngster to take a look. Strong neck muscles help slow the head during the contact, help minimize and stretch uh, the shear of the brain tissue. That leads to the TBI, which is traumatic brain injury. Uh, again, this is very important technology, Uh, It is important for your youngster, and all you have to do to learn more and do all the research yourself is go to brainvault.com. That's one word, brainvault, V-A-U-L-T.com, brainvault.com with Dr. Greg Eckert and his team. I promise you, tremendous, tremendous people and a technology you're going to want. They can do custom fittings for your whole team. They can do custom fittings for your whole family or for just you or your son or your daughter. Uh, Make sure you're checking out brainvault.com. All right, Eyes on Texas Multicast rolls into the fourth quarter. We hit our four big conversations of the week, and its our fourth quarter is presented by Access Discount Healthcare, uh, created by ph- pharmacists to offer you Netflix-style monthly subscriptions to help significantly cut your prescription drug costs. And uh, here he is, our digital producer, wearing his best wrinkled shirt from our trip to Florida one day back in the day. Destin, Florida. That's a good trip, wasn't
2: it? It was a fun trip. I mean, that's the only time I ever been to Florida. I've been to the the white sand beaches. So I mean, it was a good time.
0: T-shirt looks good. You probably want to iron that. You know, your mom used to iron your clothes back in the day. Well, you know, when I mean, it sits in any. the
2: backpack and you got to <laughs> go from one job to the other, it just it you're a busy
0: so guy. Bad. I get it. I love it. All right. So what are our big conversations of the day uh, around college football? It's kind of the slow time, right? We're 40 days out. Camp will begin next week. Media days are mostly over. As far as that goes, but what stands out to you around college football?
2: Uh, the one thing that stood out to me this week was two days ago, uh, the score put out a, a um, article saying Florida A&M had to ban football players from their facility after a rap video was shot in the locker room, and it wasn't just a freestyle from the DB, just hey, plant shooting it, shoot, uh, talking to talking mess, uh, freestyling in the locker room to a, a rap beat. No, this was a uh, a local Florida artist named Real Boston Richie. Ooh, um, I've never heard of him. Uh, he's a Tallahassee native, and I guess he was linked in with some of the players. And they said, "Hey, we got a cool facility here, man. You can come shoot a video in our locker room, and we maybe we'll be even be in it." And so those those few players got uh, banned from the facility.
0: Now that was over the weekend, and the Fort Atlanta coach suspended his entire team. Uh, and they're back now. I mean, this was a, uh, it was a message sent, I think, to the coaches. But Willie Simmons is the coach. Uh, he saw the video by the, the rapper. Uh, there were ex- expressive and graphic lyrics. Mm-hmm. There were things that you can't do. Uh, players not identified who helped orchestrate this video. Uh, but the coach was pretty right. Like, you represent the Florida Atlantic University. You know, we can't be doing rap videos in our locker room. And, you know, I think it all goes back to something that I think is being lost in college football and in sports in general, that the locker room used to be a sacred place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rod Babers was here earlier. He would tell you that. You know, what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. What we say here is a sacred trust between us. Don't break the bond. You know, go out and do your thing, have fun. But this is our locker room. This is our sanctuary. This is our place. Uh, and I remember when the Pittsburgh Steelers receiver at the time, Antonio Brown, did an Instagram live video. And this is really before a lot of people had understood how you could go live on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. And he did it during a post game speech of Mike Tomlin's, after a game. Yeah. And you know, my, and, you know, AB is like, oh man, look here we are, right here in the Instagram locker room, and that did not. If you know Mike Tomlin, that did not go over well. That <laughs> was not good. It was the beginning of the end in Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh, and the falling out there, uh, and and we just keep doing it, and hopefully players learn in short order. We, you know, I know that players transfer more and more. Um, they go from locker room to locker room. It's not as sacrosanct as it used to be, but man, it really, really is important. I think that what happens in that locker room stays in that locker room. Yeah. Anything that goes on now. The video itself it was off hours. It wasn't, uh, you know, while while team activities were happening. But still, the coach was right. You you don't represent yourself. You represent Florida Atlantic University. He was right to Florida suspend them. Or Florida A and I'm sorry. Uh, that's yeah, Florida A and M. You represent the school, whichever school it's going to be. You represent that university. Uh, make better decisions. I think it was the right thing. And the fact that they're already back and unsuspended would tell you that it's not a huge deal. Right. But it's the right message to send. I agree with that.
2: Yeah. Do you think they got that idea from maybe Dion bringing Lil Wayne into the Colorado locker room probably. and giving him that tour, kind probably. of giving him the, the inside look that kind of gave him the idea like, oh, we could, we could well, beat Probably, yeah. And I'll road. give the other
0: side of that conversation is that coaches are making the locker room more and more available. Mm-hmm. They're opening up the locker room more and more. They're putting video screens in the locker room. Everybody's got these fancy lockers. So, yes, it's becoming less and less like it was. So you could understand a young person saying, oh, no, this isn't, um, you know, off-limits to everybody because everybody Mm -hmm. comes in here all the time. Uh, So I get that, too, and that's fair. But I think it was the right thing to do by the coach to send a message that we need to be focused on football, not rap videos, especially when there's graphic lyrics and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, young entrepreneurs, man, trying to cash into that NIL, trying to tap in. I get it. That's where we are. And I know a lot of people don't like it. on uh, The Eyes on Texas Multicast or in a lot of realms, but it's here to stay. But coaches got to buckle down.
2: Yeah, not only the players that have access to that facility, but I think even – at some schools, like students at some level can just walk into a facility and kind of walk, look around, walk, walk in the locker room, check it out. But that's, I think that's a few places, but I, for the majority, there's a lot of places where you can just kind of walk around freely.
0: One more note I'll mention in our fourth quarter, and we'll wrap this thing up. We went extended with Rod Babers for two full quarters, which was such great stuff. So we'll try to go a little shorter because we know your time is valuable, uh, and the, the real meat of the college football season is coming in our next, you know, four or five episodes into the football season, forty days from tonight. But uh, it was Tennessee head coach Josh Heupel
2: mm-hmm.
0: last week at, at SEC Media Days. Uh, SEC Tennessee was the last group; they were the last on the Thursday. And Josh Heupel was a quarterback at Oklahoma when they won the national championship. Longhorn fans know that very well. They beat Texas pretty bad that year, uh, and then he's now the coach at Tennessee. Um, and he made it very clear in his mind that as Texas enters the Southeastern Conference next year, uh, he was asked about that as someone who played at Oklahoma doesn't like Texas. That's fair. He made it clear that there's only one real UT. And in one the,
2: real shade of orange. And
0: one real shade of orange. You threw that in there too, at uh, at in the SEC, and that's Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is more good gamesmanship. It's more good stuff. It's why Texas is rightfully going to the SEC. These kind of things, uh, you know, facing teams like Alabama in week two. So if the game, the first game is forty days from now, it's forty seven days to the Alabama game. That's the first time the Longhorns have played a game in Tuscaloosa in a hundred years plus. Uh, it's ridiculous. That's what it's about. This, these rivalries, the rivalry with AM is back with Jimbo Fisher being Jimbo Fisher, with Arkansas, with Tennessee. Uh, and that's not just in football, folks. That's in baseball. That's in basketball with Rick Barnes. Uh, baseball team has been tremendous at Tennessee. Love it. I love the idea that there's going to be two UTs. We're going to be battling over. I'm so ready for the whole horns-down controversy to go away. Mm-hmm. I know Longhorn fans hate it. Uh, most rational Longhorn fans I know could care less. It's a compliment that they're actually – you know rent- free in your head kind of thing. They're buying bumper stickers that give your school revenue to put them upside down on their on their vehicles. That's okay, but I kind of like the new fresh. Rivalry conversation. I'm tired of the upside down horns. They're still going to do it in the SEC. You know that. But you're winning when that's happening. I promise you. But you know UT. Who's the real UT? Well, you get to settle on the field now. You get to actually play games against Tennessee in the future. Uh, And Josh Heupel's got a rising program. And you know they got a weird clockwork orange shade of orange. They got checkerboards in their locker in their uh, end zone, which is kind of cool too. In a great football environment and sports environment, passionate fan base. That's the number one thing for me with the move to the SEC, is just you're going where you belong. You're going to be joining a lot of like schools with like fan bases. UT is probably a little more enlightened than most of them, I think that's fair to say. But, uh, you know, that's what it's about. You're going to play great. You're going to go on great road trips, great tailgate parties here and there, great opportunities in every sport. Really excited about it. So Josh Heupel, an Oak, an Oklahoma player, saying something about UT, the real UT, the real, the real Orange. It's perfect. It's what it should be. It's what the SEC should be all about. Longhorn fans, get ready, buckle up. But first, the 2023 season is here to, to, uh, to take care of you, and that's a good thing uh, for the Longhorns. making a run at a Big 12 championship 40 days from this taping day, which is July 24th, a Monday. Hope you enjoy the show. Uh, our fourth quarter brought to you by our friends at uh, – uh, and here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to tell you the website here coming up, but you need to pay attention to this. Prescription drugs are a huge cost to everyone. Everyone's looking to save money prescription drugs, if you've got a series that you need every month for you, your family, your kids, whatever they might be, uh, you now have essentially a Netflix-style platform for your prescriptions. I know that sounds like, what are you talking about? That can't be true. No, no. You pay a small amount monthly to access the platform, and all of your prescriptions from that point are free that you need on a month-by-month basis. There's no long-term contract. Month-to-month, you cancel anytime, and su- subscriptions are... Uh, are at tw- I'm going to tell you the website here in a minute where you can go get all the information you need, $21.99 a month for one person. So if Nolan right here is one person living by himself, needs a prescription, uh, if, it's, if it's less than $21.99 that he gets, that's fine. But if he spends more than that on an annual basis, divide it by 12, that's it, $22 a month every month, and the prescriptions are free. For two people in a, in a family, $26.99. For a family of three or more, provided they live at the same address, it's thirty-one ninety-nine, and prescriptions can be mailed directly to you or picked up at over 64,000 pharmacies like Walgreens, CVS, and others. You can see if your drugs are included before you sign up, and you can find out, uh, know, make sure your family members are paying more than $21 or $31 a month for prescriptions. They already have over 1.5 million Americans using this platform that I'm going to tell you about here in a minute. They've already collectively saved over $100 million, and you can join that. Let me give you one other quick stat before I tell you the website. The retention rate, and again, monthly platform, not a long-term commitment. You sign up month to month. You can drop it any time. The retention rate is 98.5%. 98.5%. So once people have the one hundred 1.5 1.5 million Americans already using the platform. Once they're signed up, they never leave. That's what it's about. It's not insurance. It's not a discount card. It's your free rxdrugs.com. That's your Y-O-U-R-Free RXdrugs.com. Go to the website. I promise you they have a fact page. They answer every question you have. They have videos. Because I'm thinking, thinking you're thinking, man, what how does that all work? Let me see that. Go to the website. It'll all be there. Your free rxdrugs.com to sign up and learn more. One more time. Your free rx Drugs.com and you could be signed up saving yourself a lot of money like over 1.5 million Americans already are. All right, Longhorns, that's a wrap on another edition of the Eyes on Texas Multicast. We are a product of the Republic of Football on the Dave Campbell's Football Podcast Network, also uh, on Horn FM in Austin's YouTube page, where I do a morning show every single day. We are powered by Grande Equipment. Uh, appreciate uh, Mike Craven's you know, participation in the program today. He'll be back live on Monday of next week for episode 15 as we plow into training camp. Also, can't thank Rod Babers enough for his contribution. Two great quarters. Appreciate him quite a lot. As Always. He's uh, just good, good stuff without a doubt. Grande Equipment, a locally owned independent equipment company that's been serving Texas and the world's equipment needs since 2004, are our, our title sponsor, Wes and his team. Can't thank them enough either. Hook them horns online at grandeequipment.com. Have a great week. Enjoy the multicast on iTunes, Spotify, and on YouTube.